back, everybody, to a fresh episode of the Off Track Podcast, hosted by Birch and Cams. We're joined today by a reoccurring guest. He's a firefighting, trophy wife having, ex hockey playing son of a bitch that Damn. goes by the radio. Or goes by the radio. Goes by the name of Jay Rosehill. And we're excited to have him on for uh, another episode here. How are you doing? Hey, boys. Thanks for having me back. How are you now? Sorry, we should probably say hi to G too. How are you doing? Oh, I'm doing good. I'm doing good. How are we doing, boys? Any, it's good to have the it's good up- to have the Caldy back together. Any updates on your life situation, Grey's Anatomy? You're stranded in the states. Stranded. Uh, we'll, stranded we'll use the word the stranded. Yeah. No, nothing. Nothing too crazy. I went and visited uh, our uh, our buddy Levi Mitchell down in Rhode Island for the weekend. Had some fun, and then uh, back down here in South Carolina now, soaking up the sun. Tough life. Tough life. Real tough. Tough enjoying stuff. It, I'm enjoying it, boys. Golf. Getting to golf. I was in Cape Cod for a couple of weekends, <laughs> but we went down to our southern place. It just was like you and South Levi, and you guys should have went to a wedding and just done a remake of uh, Wedding Crashers. So yeah, we were thinking... Uh, Rhode Island, bougie. Uh, oh, my God. Crush the wedding. See grandma's boobs. You would love that. Well, it's from the movie, I don't like seeing mm-hmm. that. Depends mm-hmm. on the mm-hmm. What's going on with you? Like, Me? what's actually going on with you? Actually? I know you have kids and you're working, but, like, what's going on in your head? What's lately? actually going on right now? Well, I played golf for the first time this weekend. Huge weight, long weight. Really excited for it. Oh, got overserved on the way home. Had two days of scaries after that, which isn't cool when you're 35 years old. They just last forever and they're very <laughs> deep and it's not fun. So I don't want to talk hangovers? about that. Got a vasectomy oh. 10 days ago, probably. So you Riot did? Riggy for the long haul. A vasectomy. Riot and Riggy for the long haul. Does that hurt? Haul. Oh. It doesn't hurt. But it's terrible still, man. Like, it's not painful. It's nothing you could ever describe. And every guy that has had one that I picked their brain on before I got it yeah. gave me this, like, weird-ass answer. And I'm like, what the fuck is it? Is it hurt or not? No one can answer. And I get it now. It's not. Okay, well, first of all, you wheel into this place. And the guy pretty – you've never seen anyone. It's, a first, it's just a one-stop shop, right? You cruise in. You do your uh, consulting and your procedure in, like, the same 15 minutes. Yeah. So – Comes in, he's like, lay down on my table, like right in my office here. Let me feel your nuts and everything. Your pants are literally at your knees. It's kind of weird. The guy feels you up. He's like, yeah, let's do it. Go downstairs, get ready, and I'll be down in five minutes. So you go downstairs. This like little intern guy, same thing, pants down at your knees, grabs your horn, puts an elastic (laughs) on it. It's like castrating a bull. Seriously. Puts a fucking uh, clothespin on the end of that. Not your horn, but the rubber band. Clips it to your shirt like you're a fucking child that doesn't want to lose his mittens. And then... The strings tied together. Starts fucking <laughs> le- greasing up your balls with iodine or something. And you're just like, Jesus Christ. And it, the iodine's freezing. You're freezing. Everything's awkward. It's just you and this goddamn kid. And then so you're just shriveled all up. And my nuts are just shriveled. <laughs> Everything's bad. They're oh, hiding in you. Christ. Yeah, everything's just hiding so then this guy comes in and he i don't even know what the thing is i should have done more research but he's like i'm gonna flick i'm gonna flick you're gonna feel like a rubber band snap on your sack and i was like yeah fine so they do that and then they cut open the middle of it and they reach into the left side and grab the vas deferens cut it and then fucking solder cauterize it 
and little smoke comes up, and this is what? all happening instantaneously. And I know it's got three hands. that the inside of my nuts is in this guy's hands, and my sack's open. They open your sack. Burning, I open my sack, and it's so small. It used to be even more bar- barbaric, man. This is like the new age, cutting edge, touchless fucking version of laser. No, it wasn't lasers, though, I don't think. Maybe they cut it with a laser. I don't fucking know. I should have read a little bit more. Can you go to sleep <laughs> for it, or you were just like, I want oh, to hear like a for the f- whole time? No, if you go to sleep, they'll probably laugh at you. Like, it's a non-invasive thing, but it's oh. not mentally at all. And then they go in and do the other one, and they fucking, they throw a fucking ice pack on your sack and say, see you later, don't don't go in hot tubs or anything for a while. So, of course, what do I do? That next day, I drive to Fairmont, and we stay at the hot springs, and I'm in a hot tub like seven <laughs> times in two days, and I went snowboarding <laughs> with my kids. <laughs> Maybe that's part of the problem, but your nuts don't actually hurt above your nuts, like kind of... I don't know if you're like if you know there's a little cord above your testes and you press like it's like there that's got like a a grippy feel to like a squeezy it's not like excruciating or anything or super sharp but it's just this little uncomfortable though uncomfortable shitty squeeze and it's like fuck this man and then i thought i was good at the third day i was like oh i told my wife i'm like i think i'm good now and then the fourth day came with a vengeance and it was like 10 days still it's kind of shitty but yeah so Hopefully, all your young listeners are really interested. You're by battling that fucking story. I was like half expecting him to go into like <laughs> him looking, saying like, "Oh, I've been really looking at the crescent moon lately," and then, but that was way more entertaining. Really, I went deep with yeah, that story. Yeah, I, I, I had no like idea how it worked. No, honestly, I, I, I thought it was like an actual surgery you had to go into the hospital for and shit. Yeah, non-invasive flu. And they cut you open and. No, it's supposed to be not a big deal. Like you walk out of the fuck anything you walk out of the place twenty minutes later is not crazy big, but I mean you're dealing with your nuts and it is a weird feeling and it can be. Some guys get bruised right up and down their legs and shit. I don't fucking know. It's no fun. <laughs> so nothing else has been going on. You haven't. What's like? What have you been thinking about lately? Jesus. Like what? Like I know, cause I know, cause you. How much? We need a good Caldy talk here. Have you been working lately? Caldy talk. Yeah, we did a cool call the other day. Some girl rolled her car bad, and we cut her out of it. And I was the first time I was well, second time I was first on the scene with tools in hand. And just started ripping up her car to get her out. And Jaws she, of life. Yeah, they don't call them that. They call them the cutters and spreaders. But yeah, you oh, like okay. put it in, you pop the pin, and then chop the hinges and throw that shit out of the way and then cut all the airbags and stuff and then stabilize her and cut the seat kind of in half so that she can get us you can get a spine board in there and drag her out and shit it was intense and she was wow most likely gonna you never know when they, what happens when they get to the hospital but it was a cool cool intense call so that was at work kind of the most exciting thing you, at work no but i i didn't necessarily mean that i meant like like on off days because i know you got like lots of downtime when you're there dt started looking into like complete newbie in stocks and shit like that so started researching some shit a little bit a little bit looking into what's the deal with crypto looking at some of these plays on what's the remnants of covid and all that shit and like i said i'm a total newbie so um just gathering info on that shit on my spare time what have you learned lately what are you you using to gather your info like how you just like researching like articles and shit or like youtube yeah so everything just the internet like 
look at things yourself, get a tip on somebody and then go into them, look at their 52 week trend, look at the year to date, look at five yeah. years, two years, just look at any kind of trends, then read everything you can about them, read their background, what the hell do they do? I'm not yet understanding to look at their sheets and everything and understand like what, how they're doing capital wise. Like that's way down the road, but that's, yeah. I don't want to make any trades or anything until I do understand that shit. But just, um, there's this guy on TikTok that, that watches rich people in the States and yeah. then, cause you can Google anybody who's in office or sort of high up business owners mm. and you can Google or you can see what trades they make. And so he'll just see what they're dumping and what they're buying in that day. And then he just goes in directly after and buys whatever they just bought at a low price. And then and he can, he can, that's pretty there, sometimes, smart. Sometimes he wins, sometimes he loses, but he's like all those. I just got into that stock stuff too, like two months ago, two and a half months ago or so. It's cool, man. It's like, there's tons to learn. And I don't think anyone's ever been a master of it because you watch like the big short and stuff. And it's like, even these fucking, just absolute whales of dudes are coming into these deals that don't even exist and they don't even understand these guys are like pulling the wool over their eyes and they've never even made a trade in their life and they are complete fucking Ponzi schemes and they get fucking crushed. So it's like, well, I'm never going to know anything if those guys don't oh, yeah. understand how it actually works, but there's a shitload to learn and know and it's pretty cool and interesting and the more I've gotten into it, which I just started doing um yeah i just started trading like two months ago and it's been going pretty good mostly just because of this whole gamestop situation but like (laughs) seriously it's crazy man Man, it's actually crazy to think about like how like like you said like you're just getting into it but like so many more people these days are getting into retail investing now and it's all well a lot of it has to do with that reddit and everything like that like that reddit basically we're like hey like i'm in a lot of them the system basically it's well crazy. it's just they're just they're not screwing the system they're doing exactly Whoa. what the system does but they're it's, what I meant, though. it's a yeah i know it's like a a free hedge fund for everybody mm-hmm. because, instead of just a hedge fund for the people that are big big whales or the the fat but, cats but like that's you'd what say. you're gonna see like that generation that's starting to get into that in their 20s they're they're millennials right and they're used to the internet they're used to social media and different platforms and they're used to going viral and basically what happened with the gamestop thing is it just went fucking viral mm-hmm. it was a reddit yeah fucking platform yeah. a reddit chat that went fucking nuts and everyone got on board and it went viral and the crazy thing is it got bigger than the fucking hedge fund boys and the big boys yeah. because that's how powerful the internet is and these fucking millennials when they get exactly. together are. And the irony about it is they were using Robinhood to trade and Robinhood is like Robinhood take yeah. from the rich and give to the poor. Yeah. And they were like, let the, <laughs> let the common man in the middle class use a fucking platform to get into the goddamn stock market. And as soon as the guys did it and they fucking overpowered the big dicks that were shorting those fucking stocks because they were like, why would GameStop? That's like Blockbuster, right? Yeah. Everything's going online. They're like, why the fuck would this be going up? Well, let's short the piss out of it and wait till it drops. And those <laughs> ended up so outrageously that they buried all those fuckers. And then Robin Hood goes, that's it. We're yanking it from you. You guys can't do it anymore. And they did nothing wrong, nothing illegal. And the fucking Wall Street does that all day, every day. And oh, yeah. It's so funny because they, they're, they're all so for, for not like deregulation. Let's not regulate any of the stock market, anything. But then as soon as I seen on uh, the Hill is what it's called. It's like a non-biased yeah. uh, 
yeah. news reporting. Yeah. Did you guys know about that? Yeah. Hill? Yeah. Unreal. Middle middle of the road type of and uh, and yeah and, and they showed a news clip and it's it's the uh, stock exchange CEO and basically a business reporter and, and he's like well I think we, we should start looking into regulating this and and having some more regulation in, in the stock market and I was like basically they're reporting on it and saying oh so it's all for deregulation as soon as everybody who's already rich can just be rich but as soon as we can just use social media as a powerhouse to to try and do something crazy and shake things up a little bit. Like, to make your live yeah. a little bit better, make money, you know, exactly how they do. And it's, it was yeah. complete uh, market manipulation. And yeah, the, there's going to be people going to jail for that because Robin Hood's owned by the same, or they have, I can't remember what it was, but it involves another uh, uh, firm called Citadel, mm -hmm. which actually controlled a lot of Robin Hood shares. So, and then they were also heavily shorted in the GameStop, AMC, all those like short stocks or yeah. whatever you want to. It was crazy. So they crazy. step up and say, well, our, the own company that we fucking own part of isn't going to bring us the fuck down, so we'll make that stop in a hurry. And they just pull the strings, and you'd think the government would step in and say, uh-uh, you motherfuckers are going to pay for that. No, because guess who owns the government? It just goes down the road. It, bas down it the basically just, as far as you want. yeah, it basically just showed how corrupt our system is, and it's... But it, you, it's about keeping rich people rich and poor people poor you, at the end of the day. You can't expect the first time that happens to go off without a hook and the whole mm -hmm. system changes and the whole thing falls and everything's the whole world's a different place yeah, the next fucking day. Drop. That's just a drop. It did shake bucket. the world it, in a way, though. That's what's so crazy is how much noise the first little thing made and how more people are going to be watching so now when more. that happens again. For, like, first of all, the are going to have to do their research. They can't just be the fat on Wall Street that sit there and have their dinners and their big lunch meetings where they trade tips and spread rumors and play off of that because everybody's no insider trading. Everybody's yeah. fucking online and they're going to have to pay attention to the rumors. They're going to have to pay attention to Reddit and all that bullshit that goes viral. And they're if and you know what? All those old dinosaurs, they're going to fucking die off. And guess who's going to be running Wall Street here? It is those fucking millennials and those fucking generation that's coming in. Yeah, Gen Z, you, yeah, baby. You, you stinky fucks. You're probably a Gen Z. They're the worst, though, Spencer. Man. I am a Gen Z. <laughs> <laughs> I think Shit. I think technically I'm a millennial, too. We've probably talked about this. You are a millennial. But anyways, those guys are going to change shit a little bit i think and i think it's just a good sign that they actually made it happen it's not going to change everything first time but fuck imagine 10 15 years down the road where that shit continues to happen that old school way of doing shit might be bye yeah. bye which is good for the us the thing is though is this gamestop thing's not over the only thing that the hedge funds did was buy time because yeah. they actually they bought so many shorts that they actually predict like they bought more than the company even had so basically, they were betting that the, the company was going to go bankrupt, and then they were artificially driving the price and basically destroying the company right. by all the shorts that they were all doing. Right. So by, by, when everyone bought these shares, they did that. By no, before that, okay. before that, but that's that's how this Reddit thing got so big. It's mm -hmm. like because somebody realized that they shorted so many stocks and they're like, right. if we just buy all of this and hold it, It'll fuck them. Yeah. the short interest is going to go through the fucking roof and then they can't buy back any shares. So then it causes a short squeeze, which is going to go through the fucking moon because if everyone just holds, they can't buy any fucking stocks back. You don't and even it's like need all they, school. All they, the all they, all they did was buy, buy time. I, I still have twenty three shares of fucking GameStop right now. Like, what's that right now? It, it's, it's still gonna squeeze. Uh, it's dropped down to about one eighty seven, but I, I bought it like when it, I bought after the first like big thing. So like it went down to forty bucks, and then I looked into it and I was going through all the Reddit shit, 
and everybody's saying like no like they literally just bought time like all this short interest still there and then so the only reason it hasn't skyrocketed yet is because they are continuing to short every single day oh, to artificially yeah. keep the prices lower in amc and gamestop but if they can't do anything it's they crazy can't do anything else but do that until they let it go they can't yeah. Until they let it go and they die. But they they're not gonna let that happen, are they? Are they spending money every time every day that's, they short? Yeah. But when yeah. you short it's but then they're buying amount of time, right? They're making their money back. They're making their money back because they have to buy back those shares that they owe for shorting it when the price goes up. You have to like pay for those shares. Hmm. Cause that's like the short interest basic and it's like it ain't over yet really? is the thing and it was like it did go viral but it's deeper than that cool. it's actually like deep enough to like crash the entire like economy in a way in wall street because they they went they thought that they could just get away with anything basically and decide what companies live and die and then people on reddit were like nah Let's just buy it and fuck these guys over, and that's how it started gaining traction. Like it started, I think the Reddit, the Bohemian Grove, and do their rich people things, and just rinse everybody. Bohemian Grove. Meanwhile, somebody started Wall Street uh, bets. Now now there's gonna be guys in uh, getting all their invites to the Bohemian Grove. I learned all about that on Joe Rogan last night. (laughs) The the stone cutters. Oh my god. (laughs) So is there a play? Is there a play to be done still for the normal dude, or what's the buy and hold? Literally, if you just hold, they can't buy those shares back. So, and then there's still people. Every time it it dips, they're just buying and buying and buying. Like I'm following on the Reddit, just like people posting every day, buying more, buying more, holding, holding, buying more, holding every single day. And it's just like nobody knows what's gonna happen. Nobody knows what's gonna happen. But send me the links to that Reddit shit after this. I want to go in deep on it. Yeah, I. There's honestly, like, if you look up r slash any stock, there's a Reddit yeah, page for it. And people are talking about mm. what's going on in that stock. And then they're always posting whatever DD that is in there. Dude, honestly, it's, like, if, if you... It's amazing. If you were to Gen Z... Exactly. Market. If you were to talk to a 60-year-old guy who's been trading fucking stocks forever, he w- and you were, t- you were saying that you were on Reddit... Mm-hmm. And you figured getting all this out? stock information he would fucking laugh you out of the building but then it's like where do you go you go to yahoo finance where i was just reading some <laughs> shit on it and at the bottom of the the article it doesn't even tell you the article's over it just tries to slide it in it's mm-hmm. like guess what the new merger is coming and <laughs> no one's seen it yet do you know levi gelsepeloff canada's legendary <laughs> stockbroker he said there's one play that has it. and it's like i'm like what the fuck am i reading it sounds like a shitty trailer Man. to a shitty movie and it's fucking like yahoo pumping some bullshit so they think i'm gonna bite on it it's all the main like the cnbc business exactly. and like cbs business that's that's how they would do shit? it who do you think owns all that shit the, the exact same people who own boys, Wall Street. The big boys. It's a joke, man. I can't That's even stand cool. that. The funny I thing is, understand. the thing that gives me more confidence is because every time I go and look on, like, you can go on Apple, and then Apple News will bring mm-hmm. up uh, stuff for each stocks as well. Yeah. News stories. Every single mainstream media thing is just shitting on GameStop. Yeah. There's so yeah. many of them. Like, I'm like, why are they shitting on this so hard? Why are they... It, because tr- any average person who looks at the research would be like, well, no, like they're trying. There's a real. To control sh- there's a real the people by controlling ex- the media, and it's a yep. fucking nightmare. That's unreal. That's how you know you're right on target. Yeah, yeah if they're fucking, if those pieces of shit, if CNN, they're shitting they're on shitting it, you know you're right on target. I was so mad. So the I'm other just day buying too. and holding. Like, obviously, it's not stocks, but 
I was sitting there on Facebook and I read a Yahoo Sports and it said Daryl Sutter's first second practice into the into his new campaign, whatever. Beg skates the flames into oblivion. And then I read the thing and he's talking about all oh, this beauty, uh, Daryl Sutter and Chucks, Mac and Chuck or whatever. And then I watched the press conference. He's like, yeah, I told the boys we're going to have a 30-minute practice and everybody's going to do three lines at the end. And then Mac and Chuck comes on. He's like, yeah, no, like we all knew we were going to do three lines. It wasn't a bag skate. We need to skate at the end of the day. And I was like in bed after like five beers and I was I had a full message typed out to this Yahoo reporter because I was so infuriated. I was like... Did you, did you even watch anything? Did you just like close your eyes and be like, "Bag skated I'm into gonna do oblivion." This. Just bag skated into oblivion just enraged me. I was like, "Dude, there's no journalistic integrity anymore. Oh. Zero journalistic integrity. It's no. not. It's 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 a joke. They used to pride themselves on getting the fucking story right mm-hmm. and never having to redact any of their story or their sentences or their articles. Now it's a fucking free for all on I don't give a fuck what spews out of my mouth as long as I'm getting the clicks and the hits and as yeah. long as the big boys well, upstairs are petting so me and fucking straight pop my straight propaganda man it's brutal straight propaganda I can't watch anything I, I think that's the biggest problem right now I don't care if you're left right or in between that's such a shitty problem is I try to get information on especially in the last like two years and maybe it's because the big boys hate Trump so much and that's been so polarizing. But if you try to find info on a a topic and whether it's controversial, maybe it makes it even more so, but you can't even find the fucking thing you're you're looking for until like the second page of Google. Who the fuck goes onto the second page? Never go on Google. Google's the biggest You got to start using DuckDuckGo. I've used DuckDuckGo. I used Bing and Yahoo. And now, yeah, I heard DuckDuckGo is the thing to do now. Fuck, well, it's because Google is straight up, you, like Google, uh, it straight up censors uh, like stuff, and and it promotes all the mainstream media. Like if you search anything up, it'll just the first page will all be mainstream media shit, CNN, fucking MSNB, whatever it is. Like Facebook, you can't look anything up and and get an unbiased answer. Well, that's why it's straight up. The hill is good. It's got two people who will just call each other, so no one can get away with bullshit. Like the yeah, I like conservative, right? I believe so. No, the dude is. I think. Say his first name, maybe something like that. But what's his first name again? It starts with an X. I can't remember. Two A's and then a G. Yeah, yeah. We need to look at it more. People need to look at that shit a lot more than look at fucking CNN or anything. And Fox News takes so much shit too, and it's like, well, yeah, they're biased. Yeah. But they're the one right wing people who are biased, and all they do is defend everything the left wing fucking says because the left wing has like five media outlets that are super left wing biased, and they're both full of shit. Yeah. Like, get someone that's just telling I mean, the fucking truth. I don't care what it, the truth is. I just, just want to hear the it. truth. It's because they're dying. It's because they're dying, and they're getting desperate, and they're not going to be around, and in. Too much longer. Fucking piss really on won't. them. It is what it is. They won't. Speaking they, of like, media, they they can't anymore. People are people are awake. Like most people realize that. Like if you go and listen to anything on a mainstream media thing, you know it's there's an agenda behind that, and it's definitely not one hundred percent. There's a the Ted truth. Turner, a George Soros, or some piece of fucking shit dinosaur that doesn't get anything except for why am I not dominating every aspect of my industry without question. And it's because there's no, they're they're fucking exposed now. People crush them when they find out what they're doing. The internet, the internet. People are people are waking up. People are waking up. They're realizing. 
The fucking off track podcast is waking up. The, oh yeah. The cul de sac is waking Woke. up. Woke. This just the kind of sparked <laughs> into my mind. Everybody gets. Everybody's like, okay, the Toronto media is super pissed off. Everybody's like, if you play in Toronto, you got to deal with the media. That's the toughest part. Did you ever like think of that in the same way, or like while you were there, was it like the media sucks, or was it a a battle, like a mental thing, like in the backyard, like well, oh fuck, I'm I, torch for that. I saw it with the fighting thing. Like when I was in Toronto that summer, Wade Belak died, Derek Bugard died, and Rick Rippin died. And the fucking media wow, had a yeah. heyday. And there was headlines all over Toronto, all those fucking outlets where how many more fighters need to be in body bags before the NHL wakes up and all this shit. And they were just, and I said it in the media. I, I remember I was in Ottawa afterwards and I got asked about my comments on camera and I fucking went off. I said, you know what? I said, these three incidents are completely unrelated. If you want to go into the details, I will. But the, the reasons these three individuals have passed away, as tragic as it is, they're completely unrelated. They have nothing to do with fighting. At least it's not completely to do with fighting. And they, I said, if you want to talk about how many head injuries happen during fights compared to how many happen with body checks, it's not even fucking close. But is anyone fucking calling for body checking to be taken out of hockey? No, because it's not sexy. We got to get rid of fighting and you got to have a fight against that. And they pulled the players. It was 98% of the players wanted to keep fighting. Um, if people are outside of the NHL offices banging on the door saying, we're tired of seeing these fucking fighters die it's and the shit, mob. then stop. But the media just went fucking nuts with it. I mean... Wade Belak, he died on a completely unrelated incident that got out that he's got nothing to do with anything. Derek Bugard was washing pain pills down with booze, which you could say does or doesn't have anything to do with hockey. And Rick Rippon battled mental illness, which is a whole different conversation for his whole life and finally succumbed to that, which mm -hmm. is as sad as you could imagine on another hand. But the media didn't give a shit about any of the details. They just wanted to bash fighting, bash the NHL. All the lawyers jumped on it, and it was a, it was just a media storm of shit. And I saw it. It affected me. I mean, from the last year I was full time in the NHL to the next season, thirteen guys in that league either didn't resign or got sent down and put on waivers. 13 full-time NHLers that would be considered guys that can scrap and that's kind of why they're there. Everyone just yeah. went boom, 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 and it was a chain reaction. And I was like one of the last ones to go because I had Ron Hextall running my fucking team and he was just held on as long as he could until the point where it's like, well, you can't, you can't dress me when you can dress someone else that's um, capable of playing more minutes and putting up more points because before I would have taken his spot because they'd dress their fighter and he would terrorize our fucking team. So I'm going to be there. But now there's nobody left in that fucking league. So out I went and I swear to God, the whole thing was pushed by the media and the whole thing was pushed by newspapers and reporters and shit. And I just couldn't stand seeing them in their locker room afterwards. I mean, I'd look at them and I'd go, your job used to be to go upstairs, watch the game, 
type out what happened in the fucking game and then go get the players' opinions and interviews afterward. Now they think their job is to decide how the game should be fucking played. Decide how we're allowed to hit, who we're allowed to hit, when we're allowed to hit, who we're allowed to fight, how we're allowed to play our game. The fans, the owners, and the players all loved the game the way it was. And guess how drastically the game has been changed in the last 10 or 12 years? All because of the media. Tell me who wanted this. Tell me who wanted chicken shit fucking Johnny Goudreau hockey. Who wanted that? Not one fucking person Not, that I know. Honestly, nobody who's played hockey wanted nobody it. Nobody who plays or watches hockey wanted it. But here you go. And the players are unfucking believable right now. And it's awesome watching good goals and stuff. But those players would be unfucking believable if you had a little element of scrapping. Yeah. And that being said, I've maybe I've just been following different accounts lately, like because I just I'm I'm on Instagram quite a bit. But I see a lot of fights lately, and I think it's up like ten percent from last year. And you see some. There's been a lot more fights in the last two years. It's kind of cool. I like it. Yeah, no, it's coming back. But like you said, like the media, they 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 find something that gets people's attention, that causes an emotional reaction, and then they roll with it. Good or bad, they don't give a fuck, and then they roll with it, and then they hammer it down your fucking throat. Until yeah, you basically till every hockey, till everyone they're not says they the agree with fans it when they're writing those articles they're ta- they're targeting people that don't like hockey that don't like fighting at all and they don't like hockey fighting in hockey that's who that whole they, article it causes is, division they directly they targeted to they're like okay oh yeah. like I can get a million more clicks for the people who are gonna say oh this is the dumbest thing ever this is hurting people this is killing people rather than just saying okay there's a big fight here whatever. Maybe having an intellectual conversation about a, like a pretty complex topic. <laughs> like it's about anything, though. I mean, fucking, why is the the song "Baby It's Cold Outside" every Christmas the last couple of years is like condemned and they're and they're disgusted oh, yeah. by how awful it is, and it's just a guy trying to get a girl to stay longer with him and prolong the date. And they just think it's the most disgusting thing that's promoting X, Y, and Z. Yet fucking wet ass pussy and two girls yeah. smashing each other scissor style on the fucking thing of the Grammys basically gets applauded Man, and they so, give them a goddamn mm. fucking trophy. It's like I got no problem with wet ass pussy. I couldn't care less. I'm capable of shielding my kids from that shit because that's my responsibility. But don't put that up and applaud it and then and then make it sound like something else is so bad or Mr. Potato Head is the most. Yeah, they're canceling Mr. Potato Head. Meanwhile, WAP is getting a Grammy. It's hilarious. It's hilarious. You can't even make it up. You couldn't. You couldn't make that up. People just like. You would have told me that was a thing four years ago. I would have laughed in your face. Here we are. <laughs> Here we are. Mind you, I watched a girl do it in the bar once, which was hilarious. It's a f- That's fucking n- damn funny. Good for her. It's a damn funny dance to watch. So, I would have given her a Grammy for doing it beside the foosball tables at Brew House and Red Deer. To be honest with you, but it is what it is. You can't hand out a Grammy for everything anymore. Apparently, the good stuff doesn't. No, you really Grammys. can't. Yeah, damn. I don't know. It is what it is. So it wasn't anything in Toronto, basically like directed at you or like because everybody whines about like. Phil took it all a lot, but well, that shit was all funny. Like I stayed off Twitter when I was in Toronto, and like Bizonet was my era. Yeah. Um, like me and him were trying to crack the league at the exact same time, pretty much. Um, I was told 
by my agent who was good friends with the GM of Phoenix and stuff that if if Rosie gets sent down, we're going to snatch him up on waivers because we need a guy. But I made Toronto that year, and as soon as Bizanet got put on waivers from Pittsburgh, which he originally was at, he got picked up. Boom, they got the first tough guy that went on waivers, and then Biz went off and had his whole career with Phoenix. And I was with Toronto the whole time. He was tweeting like a motherfucker, and people were like, he's tweeting himself out of the league and blah, blah, blah. Look at him now, right? Yeah. Like, good, yeah. good for him. Like, he's just he's, he's, he's making more money now than he ever did in hockey, mm-hmm. and it's because he made a brand you, for himself. Could you imagine if he was in Toronto, though, and was tweeting that shit? I honestly think the only way it he, worked is because he was in. I think so too. Phoenix, you couldn't get away with that because I no. even like I've never even had Twitter, but even to this day, like if I were just to tweet something out to like people, like where fifty people could see it, I would I would be like, ooh, I don't know, how's it gonna come <laughs> off? And like I'm not the kind of guy that can just fly off the cuff on Twitter, let alone to a million yeah. people and not give I a can't shit. Do that. It's not my style, so I I wouldn't have done it either way, but. He did awesome with it, but I stayed away from all that shit when we were there, and I just noticed that coming into the rink every day, you're, it's just tons of pressure. You're always walking on eggshells. If it's if you're if you're fucking losing, it's just the sky is falling, and oh fuck, and what are we gonna do? And that you can just see the stress in the coach's eyes, and every guy on all the staff is kind of like this stress on the weight on the shoulders. So you can imagine what Phil Castle fucking felt like, right? Because mm-hmm. I felt it like very small amounts, but I'm still playing, but my role is quite small compared to those guys. So I'm like, fuck, how much pressure do you feel playing here? Let alone all the way down to the fucking equipment manager and shit is like, oh man, it's just fucking shitty around here until we win a couple games. And then we win a couple and then the media will be like, how long can this last? I don't think this is the actual team to do it and blah, blah, blah. And they're too early for this. And it's like, fuck me. You can't win in this town, right? Yeah. Or, or they'll get like one goalie get called up and he'll win a couple games and they'll build a fucking statue for this guy. <laughs> Just to tear it down four weeks later. Yeah, it's like fuck off. No wonder these guys haven't win. You don't think that some of the teams have won the cup. You don't think the the Leafs have assembled teams that compete with them in the past fucking thirty years, forty years, fifty years. Fuck, they haven't won since sixty seven. Like, no, it's just hard to win in that city because they they make it hard. They make the mindset for the guys playing for them. And I know so yeah. many guys who have got buddies who have been offered things from the Leafs and free agency or offer sheets or trades or do I allow uh, lift my no trade clause for this or that or whatever and buddies that I've played with have given advice to those guys saying do not go to Toronto no and that's a shitty <laughs> thing to have on as yeah. an organization but you think they'd be like hey, don't go to Anaheim guys. but it's like yeah you can go be Getzlaff. they got the money yeah. well Getzlaff can go hide right and just fucking be lazy and whatever you won a cup what in 07 that was 14 years ago that guy's still a god to the owner to the organization to the fans to everybody yeah why would he go to Toronto and face the most scrutiny ever where you can't even fucking walk the wrong way without them fucking talking about on three different you know uh news channels so yeah it just makes sense for guys to hang out there but inevitably you go there and you do a little bit good you're a god if you ever win a cup there you'd never have to fucking you, leave or do you wouldn't anything. be paying and for like, an, a, another thing in your life there yeah it would be pretty wild so people still get 
brought in. If you were to win a cup, there'd be no one to do it in a better spot than in, in Toronto, in my opinion. But it's uh, straight up. It's tough. It's proving tough for the last. What is that now? They might be doing years. it this year. Maybe, man. That'd be cool. <laughs> Who that knows? Cool. Uh, I forgot to tell. All right. I don't know. Do you listen to PFTJ? No. What is that? Uh, pardon my or PMT. Pardon my take on Barstool. Oh, with, with uh, uh, what's his name? Big Cat, with Big, Big Cat. Cat and uh, oh, fucking. Pardon. I'm thinking one minute, man. No. Uh, Big Cat and uh, PFT. What the fuck is the other? Or PFT. Pro yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. Or, <laughs> uh, they had Paul Bissonette on like the other week, and I was listening with my brother, and Paul brought up the story of when you two fought. You got shouted out. Oh really? On P P PMT. Is yeah. There, is oh yeah. What's that? Uh, I assume he's talking about in in Philly. Oh, in Philly, uh, I think it was. I remember the one in Phoenix. I think he's told that on. Uh, what the fuck Spin was he teeth. on? <laughs> I think I saw it. I don't think it was spitting. I think he was on a golf podcast, and oh. they were grilling him about something, and he brought that up because I listen. I don't listen to Chicklets that much. I listen to golf once more, but he was on that, and he shouted me out. I think, but he was talk just talking about how he wasn't supposed to fight. And just he was just talking about fighting in general and how I think we were down by one and they just scored. I went out there and I was like, let's fucking go, Biz. And I had fought him earlier in the season in Toronto when I didn't really want yeah. to, but we, uh, I, I did anyways as like a fucking, yeah, okay, because someone's got to fight when the, because like if, if, if you get tossed out there because you just got scored on or if I get tossed out there because we just scored a goal, I probably shouldn't fight because... They're just sending us out there so their meathead doesn't run around. If I can avoid getting in a fight, we keep the momentum, blah, blah, blah. But inevitably, no one's ever going to fight if no one ever fights. So sometimes you do the guy solid and say, yeah, I'll fucking scrap you. And if you just scored on a team, they throw out their heavy, and you fucking beat him up, then, oh, fuck, the momentum's really on your side. But anyway, I fought him when I when we had scored, and it was whatever. Usually it's a draw fight. It doesn't really matter, but you don't want to risk it. But I said, let's go, Biz. He said, no, 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 I can't. And we were right in front of the bench, and I gave him a shot, and he gave me a shot back. And then the ref made a show of it by blowing it down and coming over and talking to me. And I'm like, what are you doing here? Like, what are you going to tell me that I don't already know? Like, get the fuck out of here. So he fucks off, and then Biz looks back at uh, the coach, and he goes, yeah, he, he goes, fuck. He gives him the nod. And then all of a sudden, Biz is, like, all tensed up and shit. I was like, oh, fuck, I think we are going to go. We had a scrap. It was a good scrap. And then, like, it was right in front of their bench. So they were going nuts, and uh, my bench was going nuts and I was like whatever we went to the box and I think we scored three goals while me and him were <laughs> yeah his exact story he was telling he was talking about uh yeah holding holding momentum and like when to fight and stuff what's hexa like I'm kind of curious actually hexy not because I'm getting too horny into the hockey but I'm kind of curious is um, he a prick or no not at all he's cool man he's uh he's fair he's cool old school Fuck, it, you just go back and look at the videos of him, like, going ballistic as a goalie. And you're like, how the fuck am I supposed to take you seriously, man? But he's, uh, he's well, he, he likes hard work and shit. We were, uh, the, this one fucking week we show up with some bullshit. Like, they've always, some of these NHL teams, they'll spend, like, 75 grand on a treadmill that you, like, zip up some fucking encapsulating suit over yourself. 
and it reads your biometrics or some shit. No one has ever stepped foot on it. The trainers don't know how to run it, but the owner and whoever is the GM at the time is just like, fucking buy it. Like, fuck, get them in there. Like, anything to say that we've done our part, get them going, you know? And there's all this bullshit laying around. So anyway, the latest thing was putting, like, a tracker in our shoulder pads and then up in, like, the bird's nest, they call it, where there's, like, a balcony from the GM's office and shit. Yeah. They can come watch practice. This is all at the practice rink. And there's, like, a, a pod with a fucking satellite-looking fucking thing on it, whatever it is, a sensor. So it's tracking every player's sensor in their shoulder pads, and it can tell you how fast you move after you stop, whether you come to a complete stop, how much load you put on yourself each time you take off, how fast your acceleration is. Holy Just shit. Just fucking terrible. can tell you if you're dogging it in practice. <laughs> yeah. Pretty much yeah. all it does is tell you who's dogging it in practice. That's all it fucking tells you. So everyone's like, oh, fuck. And sometimes <laughs> guys forget them and shit like this. And um, before we had it sewn into our shoulder pads it was like a little skinny bra thing that you just put underneath your shoulder pads or on top or however the fuck it worked and i was like it was like the first drill of practice and i was like fuck i forgot my uh my tracker so i the trainer went back in to get it and then i ripped another drill and there the train the trainer is waiting for me to get back up to the line to where he is so he's kind of waiting and he's got this thing on his finger this little bra <laughs> thing that goes over my shoulder <laughs> and he's fucking spinning it and he's spinning it and my trainer's up in the bird's nest, and he's like, fucking Rosie's column, whatever the fuck he's looking at, just went nuts, eh? Like, what is he doing? And he can see down there. He's like, Rosie's standing in line right now, but his numbers are going nuts, and he can see what's happening. So whatever. Hextall comes out, and he pokes his head out of his office once in a while, and he's standing looking down there. And you can see him bent over looking at the guy's computer, right? And then he look, he's looking, and he looks over it his shoulder at my trainer and he goes that rose hill just fucking works doesn't he <laughs> <laughs> and my trainer's like well actually uh, and then he laughed he goes i'm just gonna let rosie have this one. Like, yeah, he fucking does. unreal <laughs> that got me a, a, that might have got me an extra little uh couple uh, not another minute of ice time couple minutes yeah. or maybe another contract if i was really lucky but <laughs> Did, did your trainer know what he was doing when he was spinning it around? No, he had no fucking clue. Oh. He was just waiting. <laughs> and I, I obviously didn't know, but my trainer upstairs put two and two together and was like, Jesus Christ, that's really fucking up the numbers. But let me have a solid there. Clutch. Do some work with it. <laughs> yep. You need to take a, a leak here or what? No. Oh, I thought you were getting all excited just and moving. Just getting ready and to sleep over. <laughs> Might as well. We had a big... We had a big Six-person sleepover down here on Saturday night. Another one. Hammer. Do we talk about you and like? What do you want to talk about? With like you? life, women. Yeah. What the heck Bumble, are you thinking about these days, Spenny? Bars. Fucking. Really what are you even thinking about? In, um. School and how much concrete I'm gonna pour this summer. <laughs> so, <laughs> all good things. Because I'm excited to get back to the finer. Um, look I had four years ago before I went into after I came home from Saskatoon and school there I went from this is the biggest biggest gap I've ever had because I've other than the gap I have from my little brother being six and a half inches taller than me which is six and a half is huge six and a half is huge what gap are we talking about between your fucking legs <laughs> so <laughs> yeah. When I came home from Saskatoon school there, I was like, 
178 and then I worked for Byron for a summer yeah. and I finished that summer at like 151 152 what gap are you talking your about your weight so gap so I'm excited to get to drop the LBs a little bit get into some Jeez. fine summer shape because not everybody gets to look like you all the time. Why don't you do yourself a favor and spend what, what? What? How old are you this year, summer? Twenty-three. Why don't you spend the summer <laughs> of being twenty-three, <laughs> not worried about your weight and how much concrete you're gonna pour so that your weight goes down? I'm not worried about, about it. I'm worry about, about it. Fucking smashing everything that you fall in love with, but not smashing, but also getting to know like personally. Constantly yeah. creating creating yeah, a nice like, relationship. Making love? <laughs> yes, no women of the night. Love. Connection. Birch is, is longing. Birch is longing for connection right now. And well, if the they end is... up just being a surface encounter, you know what? Those count too for both parties involved. Everybody Those can learn something. Too. Everything That's can right. be positive. Good I make sure I make sure both parties are having a phenomenal time. <laughs> That's important. I make sure I do my due diligence. Yes. And you know what? Make know, sure everyone's comfortable. Make sure everybody's comfortable. Make sure everybody's safe, uh, loud, proud, happy with what's going on. So fired up. That's kind of the plan of the summer is to continue with that that Moist. line of thinking. <laughs> I hate that word. Someone said. Uh, <laughs> so many people just cringe right now. <laughs> oh yeah. I should have okay, Jay puts me on the spot, and I'm trying Moist. to like not hold my breath and start talking about. Well, fuck, we can't have Going a 23-year-old girls, single but... guy on a podcast without talking about wheeling and dealing a little bit. Like, Jesus. Come on. The most Come exciting on. part of my week is going to college night on Thursday nights, showing up at 8, 15, 8, is, 30, depending on the night. Is that where you took the party bus? No. <laughs> Tell me the best part of the party bus, the most outrageous thing that someone did. Um, the most annoying. It wasn't really outrageous. Jordy took his practice. shoes off and... Danced like a stripper and humped his girlfriend's face for a while. <laughs> like, he was doing spins around this stripper pole there. And your girlfriend was having a phenomenal time. I heard. She, don't worry. She didn't twerk on anybody. Bless her heart. I twerked on her a few times just to make sure she Thank felt you. Like she had a, a male's touch. I know she's coming to see you for a while there. So I've just been making sure. <laughs> Spencer made sure she was comfortable. Spencer took your place for an evening. In a, neutral, like. in a neutral, friendly way. <laughs> Made sure she had a fun time. <laughs> nice Made sure guy. she poured guy. Nice guy alert. down my throat. Yeah. No ulterior motives Nothing. at all. You guys are boys. We're boys. No, no animosity. Yeah, you can't. yeah no man, animosity. I make, sure, I make sure she's happy real boys. and smiling while you're gone. You guys are real boys. But you know what? The, the best part of my week is Thursday nights. Aside from like all my loving college classes that nobody ever wants to fucking hear about. The exciting part is going to the bar at 8.30, having the bar close at 11, which is phenomenal. And then you go, hey, I have a house that's uh, two blocks away, one block away, and I have red solo cups and 15 balls, a plethora of balls. It's a lot. And maybe a twisted tea, maybe a white cloth for you. So that's usually the kicker in getting people to come back to the house. And you're in bed by at least like earlier yeah, by the time like you think you think you're in bed earlier, yeah you're not, going to not bed you i'd be in bed earlier i used to say that when i was younger i'm like why do we go to the bar at 11 just to leave at 2 30 and then fucking do whatever after hours until lord knows when and then everyone's gonna die the next day why don't we go to the bar at eight i would always say leave at 11 be doing all your fucking extracurricular shit having after parties or whatever at midnight shut her down everyone's great in the morning 
No one wanted to follow me until Yeah, but in COVID. what world ever does an after party get shut down at 12? Like, that's just that's just naive thinking because... But if you get used to them starting at 11 for a while... Yeah, true. If you're t- doing it a couple nights a week, then... It's probably right. still going to go to four, hey? Hmm? It's probably still just yeah, going to go to four, probably will. no matter what. At, it, at least a few times, especially if you're doing your due diligence afterwards well you tell us when you're leaving the bar at 11 do you get to shut her down at a decent time or not even close i try and get to shut the door at like 12 31 the door to what the door in <laughs> don't disturb me while i'm cleaning my room <laughs> <laughs> he's got the fucking vacuum in there <laughs> you should go look at my room i keep it oh, nice and tidy so i never i always have a good reputation jay i gotta ask you have you heard about the government having like a ticker to release like shit on like uh, UFOs and stuff. Well, I heard that their COVID report from a the while COVID ago bill. had it in the back of 180 it. Day, shoved it in the fucking back. 180 day countdown. And what are we on right now? That was probably three months it, ago. At least. June first is supposed to when it come is when it's supposed to come out. So who the fuck's releasing the Pentagon? Yep. Yeah, the Pentagon. Freedom of Information. <sighs> Act. Yes. Joe talking to. It's like, do they just slowly like funnel a few things in over the 180 days? Or yeah, they, they have been. Awesome. There's been people on talking about it. Like they've already. No, I know, but it'd be so fu- so much funnier to see the world in absolute shambles on day 180 when they're like, "Hey, guess what? We got aliens walking around here, and we've made contact, and they talk like blah 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 blah, blah and we can translate it, and there's aliens here, dude. Just to just drop that on our whole civilized, our whole world, dude. If they, even I, touch I don't think anybody on gives fucking a fuck. Bob Lazar's shit. I don't think any. I don't think so either. You think everyone's gonna go bananas in this? T- fucking, you've already I done think, weirder well, shit to us than on. if we found out we've fucking seen a ship crash. Dude, I think most people believe in aliens. I think most people would be. I think most people already believe in aliens, man. But they're not going to drop a bomb that just blows the fucking world up. But if they even touch on like Bob Lazar's like his fucking compound and the ship, like if I think they'll just say we've we found a ship. They already have. They are no. They already have said that. They found a ship and they have hands. Yeah, Roswell. Nineteen. 1950s, oh, man. They already said they recovered oh, okay. a- alien craft. Like they already I said it. About, like after Bob Lazar, they said they. No, did. well, How about they no, they said all, that they, it's not common knowledge. That's embarrassing. Why? Because I did hear no, that. Why? I even read it's that. because the mainstream media is not Bob talking Bazaar about it. But they, they did actually say it already. They said Bob Lazar was never at S4. They said Bob Lazar was never at MIT. They said all these things that he wasn't at. So I don't think they'll like go retract the the Bob Lazar stuff but they will if it's a different like generate because the people who did that that was yeah. in the fucking 80s yeah those guys were 60 at the time exactly shutting all that shit down running the country and the governments and stuff they're gone I don't think the new people that are in yeah like Nancy Pelosi and those fucking weirdo skeletons like that have been there forever <laughs> sorry edit that part <laughs> off they're already but the new kid honestly the fucking millennials man i'm excited to see what they do when they get into like serious power running companies running governments and shit i think it's gonna be a lot less fucked up a lot less deep and dark oh yeah a lot more transparent the next years will be way better the next years will be way better like no one can have a gun and no one can have sex because it's dirty and you can't (laughs) make girls and they go down that fucking wing nut path those people won't get in no everybody can uh no, but they're releasing it, man. I'm excited to see like what they're gonna say. Like we already know a lot of what they're probably gonna say, but it'll be le- it'll be a lot more legit then. 
Let's make an event of Let's it. Let's have an alien reveal party. Let's do a live party. Oh, do you, we should have an alien reveal party. And you yeah. know what we, we're going to do? Dress up we're as aliens. Have like six or five or four different colors. And then when they announce what kind of color the alien is and what they look like, <laughs> we're going to pop it off. And it's going to be for everybody that hasn't been following aliens. We're going to yes. have this alien reveal party. And the balloon you pop off, whether it's a boy or a girl, it's going to be green. And you're gonna, this is the color aliens. Or it's blue and they're like underwater aliens or they're space we're aliens. We're not going to find out that much. Sure. I don't think we I will. Know, but, but we could go to the local agricultural <laughs> store. I think there's four of them in town now. Clean the place out beforehand. And then have that. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry, Pam. Agricultural. (laughs) I was trying to put two and two together on what what industry we were working on. Sorry, Wade. Sorry, Wade. Not that you'd ever listen to this anyway. Wade doesn't like it. He already said he didn't like it. He already said he didn't like it. Listen to Jody. (laughs) He probably listened for. Four minutes? What the fuck is this? What are they talking the about? The fuck are these idiots trying to do? What are they trying to prove? Who wants to fucking time? listen to this idiot? And then you turn it off. <laughs> What's the over-under? I would love to know. I'd put it at a hard four minutes. He said he got 23 minutes through the first one. Oh, and that was a terrible pod, though. That was actually yeah, our okay. first pod we ever listened to. I had or made. Well, everyone's me everyone's like, dad shuts off the first pod they put out. Oh, you're listening to... She said off track or whatever. I'm like, oh, which one? hoping it was jody's pod she's like oh i just finished the part where you told everybody to poop their pants if they didn't like you and i was like can you just like skip like six and let's just get to, like <laughs> man when i was in rhode island like i was wearing one i was wearing my hoodie and they're like oh you have a pod yeah and i was like yeah yeah they're like oh like you got any like good ones i was like yeah just like listen to like seven and eight don't don't listen to the first ones yet. <laughs> listen to those first. We almost have to start a Patreon and like you have to pay to to listen to the first three. Oh, you should. like wet jeans or whatever. And then and Dude, then we would once make we start zero dollars. Start a Patreon, then we'll release Jay's unreleased pod. <laughs> and then people can pay fifty bucks to listen to that one. The one that's in the in the vault. Still. In the, the deep in the track. Vault. The one that's Fuck. literally all. That's has to not be getting released for like release. I, not till like the ten year anniversary. Dude, it was like your like guys' that. second or third pod, and I was on the treadmill with my earphones in, listening to this fucking thing, and I was like 30 minutes in, and I was texting you guys like, what the fuck <laughs> was going on? Like, you can't just drop that right now. And I was getting a little self-conscious. That was after but, we cut out two hours of it. <laughs> <laughs> if, you, if you guys go back to any huge podcast that has like fucking a thousand episodes, Go back to their first couple, and it's a fucking joke. It's like oh, basement yeah. shit. Oh, they don't Joe's even are know the what same way as this. Joe yeah, just even rolls with the Rogan's. technical difficulties with guys cutting in and out. It sounds like, like shit, and they don't even know what they're talking about. Now look at it. It's polished. You guys even sitting here, I've noticed you guys are just ripping this thing off with no segues or anything teed up way more than the first time I sat down. So Yeah, yeah. Last time was a bit of a shit show too with the mic situation, but we got that figured out now. Now, hey, we're all progress we're upwards. I hate progress. saying we're going to the moon. I fucking hate that. Dude, saying. that saying's way too overused oh, now. Oh man, rock stars. Plus, that's not the sorry, point. Sorry, gassed up, but uh, we got four mics now, so one could say we're on the next level. Big news in the off-track world. Mm-hmm. If anybody's made it this far. Bomber jackets are coming out this week. We got a limited run of 12. 
green, olive green and black custom embroidered bomber jackets. I'll New take a logo. Blackie. New logo. We're New doing it like logo. Now, boys. First come, first serve. Once you get them, all gone. So send me the link, boys. We have a website now if you're interested. I am. I've already got some shit for Christmas. Are we, what about those uh, those shirts? Those two or no? Yeah, sorry. Oh, yeah, yeah. I kind of got... blew, blew the load a little bit too quickly there. <laughs> you did. We also Straight have champion crewnecks that are uh, light blue, a little bit darker, a little bit more matte than G's hoodie that he's got on right now. For everybody that's just listening through the radio, you can't see it. It's like a baby blue, Kentucky blue. It's a little bit uh, more matte than that, but champion also with the new custom custom embroidered logo so making moves just boys. had to quick plug that but i dig it i'm excited it. for that we're excited for that jay i have a question for you oh god while firefighting mm-hmm. what is the biggest challenge you have while firefighting not like not like a distinct like the truck's got too many buttons on the way out. <laughs> like, what's been the biggest challenge so far as a firefighter? Just being a junior guy and not fucking up on a big call, like what they call it when the shit hits the fan and everyone's in full go mode. Every decision and action needs to be clean because shit's burning down, people are in trouble, whatever. And... Even if it's not life or death, everyone comes. Like, there's, like, 15 trucks there at big calls, and everyone's kind of involved. And if you fuck something up, everyone hears about it, and your reputation gets kind of shitty. So you can be going to what you think is a normal call. All of a sudden, you realize, fuck, I thought this was just an, an alarm call. Just bells are going off. Somebody's pissing around with their alarms or whatever. And my mic went off. Anyhow, and it's not, and all of a sudden you get thrown into the fire, and you got to think, fuck, how do I pump this water if you're the operator, if you're driving? How do I do my job as, you know, making this hydrant? Whatever it is, pulling the hose off, what kind of a shoulder load should I do? What kind of a, and anything, getting, getting hose, getting tools, getting whatever it is you need you just don't want to fuck it up and mm-hmm. i'm like i said junior so i'm fresh out of training i got to rely on that shit but i'm also the least experienced so it's easy to forget things easy to get tunnel vision easy to screw something up so just that's what i would say is the hardest part right now and it's not hard it's just kind of the most important part i guess but just um, being dialed like you don't yeah you don't want to be the guy to fuck up is the bottom line because everyone kind of notices yeah and if you fuck up your job you basically fuck the guy next down the line everything works in a chain and everyone's got their job and if everyone does it everything moves smooth but some guy fucks it up then you know if you tag the hydrant wrong then your truck rips to the fire starts trying to pump and you fuck something up down the line the next truck comes and makes that hydrant tries to send water to your truck to pump on the goddamn fire and you fucked it up all the way back there we don't get water and we got guys masked up, ready to go the fuck in the house. We got a truck that's tank is empty and it's cavitating and going to blow the fucking pump up because it's out of water and they expected to have the hydrant there already. And you fucked up some little Monday detail over by the hydrant. Not cool. Yeah. Everyone knows about that. So shit like that is kind of cool. But um, yeah, we, we train for it and shit and you just got to stay cool and not really panic. Has there been like somebody that's 
as a like you being a junior like would you have a chief or is it like some guy that kind of takes you aside and is like hey just kind of looks over you or like has given you a lot more guidance while you're in like in your crew because i know you bounce around from a few but yeah it depends what you're doing like if you're the hydrant man so you're sitting in the back passenger side seat um you kind of follow around the nozzleman like the senior firefighter that's a guy that's got like 12 15 years experience or more and you kind of are with him right you're kind of at his hip unless you're doing the hydrant and pulling hose and doing your own shit then you're on your own but um he's kind of there to watch over you because you're the 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 most junior guy will sit in that seat usually Mm -hmm. so you're kind of under his wing a little bit but if you're operating if you're driving which i'm doing now um everyone in that truck fucks off the captain is busy he's got his command board going he's doing pars like personal accountability reports who's in that fucking house is everyone still there if anyone gets separated you're calling a mayday which is like a serious fucking thing so he's got lots of stuff on the go trying to keep everything organized and then you're in the back of the truck with all those levers and buttons and you got to get the right amount of water at the right pressure to all these different people and you can't overload the truck and pump too much water to one thing or the other and you gotta you gotta do math like to a pretty firm extent and keep it all on the window with your whiteboard marker of like how much am i pumping it how much pressure how many liters per minute and what can my truck handle how much am i getting from the hydrant you're on your fucking own for that so that's pretty no calculator either sounds not supposed to no and it's not even i don't even know if that would help you you just gotta you just gotta know what each hose is bringing and you gotta just keep it within how did the comms work with you guys like do you guys all have like radios in your like do you have headsets on like how like how do you guys communicate like you got it on your shoulder basically like a channel and you're all on the same tactical radio, channel just radios yeah. but they're like they're super expensive radios that are trunking off different towers and you can go on simplex and duplex mode so sometimes when you're um you're operating you will go towards that hydrant guy or if there's a lot of chatter back and forth or you can go to a separate channel so that no one else is fucking talking and you are just talking to the one guy you need to talk to. Okay. So you can do that sometimes, but usually it's just while you're doing shit, you better hear somebody call. If he's calling for you, you better hear it and then get back to him and then double check that that's what he wants. Cause like if the hydrant sends water to the truck and he's not hooked up for it, you've got a big 125 mil hose that's full yeah. and splattering all over and you, you it's, it's a thousand pounds you can't move it yeah. and you're fucked and you have to drain that whole thing before you can hook up to the truck guess how like the next house will start on fire while you're mm-hmm. pissing around with that yeah so yeah it's all that shit's important man but they're pretty good actually guys are pretty fucking slick at doing their shit and everyone knows what to do good training pretty much yeah wow yeah i was wondering how the comms work like just like knowing which how like how did if everyone's just talking on this, like, I didn't know if I, I assume there's probably different channels, but like, I bet it could get kind of hectic on like big calls it, and it stuff does. like that. Sometimes that thing's barking. Like when you watch cops or something, you're like, I can't hear anything anyone's saying in the, yeah. in the radios. But, and sometimes it's like that, but usually you know who's calling and what they're probably asking for. So you pick it up. But again, I'm junior man. Like anyone watching, if you're like a fucking long-term firefighter, you're probably laughing at me, but I'm fully aware I don't have a ton of experience and that's why I'm talking about it like this because it's intense for me still and um, I haven't done a, a million of those calls. I've, I've been at fires and wrecks and done some shit but only two years worth of it so some guys with like 20 years experience that's why they're the captain because they've been there done that a million times and it's, it's they got that cool. experience. 
Wow. Yeah, it's all about that. That's yeah. That's with anybody. Like that resonated with me because Byron taught me that as well. Like you say, as a firefighter, I say that when I was pouring hunkers for the first time. Like it's it translates in the same way. Like when the pump shows up and you're pumping Crete and you're boom, boom, boom. Like you can't fuck around. There's no stopping to talk. There's nothing going on. And if you're standing there doing nothing, that's a problem. And there's always like. You that shit's setting up, and when it's, it's set, setting, it lasts once forever. Once it's set, you can't do it. You got to either jackhammer it out, like you can't fuck it up. And then, but Byron was like, he'll teach you anything. But what I was getting at is like, how can I help? How can I be doing something the whole time? Like you don't want to fuck it up, but you still are always looking to like, not put the fucking senior guys in any, like in any position where they're like, okay, what the fuck happened back here? And that's what? experience because once yeah, you do it enough, you don't experience. have to ask questions. You just know what needs no. to be done next. Yeah. But life lessons. Life on lessons off on off track. Track. <laughs> Sick, boys. Sounds like Daryl Sutter. He said when uh, when he joined the Flames, he's like, I just want to get to know the boys down to uh, how I can teach them to be better men. <laughs> I like that. I like he's that. That's going to take my school. Flames into, into the stratosphere. what a good coach into, does. To the moon. Don't say that. What do you think? What do you think of uh, Daryl Sutter? Let's see. I don't know him. Uh, well, I have never been coached by him, but um, I know those boys. All those brothers are old school. They're fair. They care usually about their players and shit like that. And they're they're no bullshit. You better show up and work. And I mentioned Goudreau earlier. I think he's playing harder than he was in the last couple of years. And he needed to, you know, like, fuck, you look at, you look at McKinnon and you look at even McDavid, like they, they just work and they're just going so hard to the net and going through guys and battling. And if you're fucking trying to be a street hockey player out there on underneath one of the Sutter boys, good fucking luck, man. Like, who's that Russian D-man? I don't think he's going to last too long. Um, like guys that just don't have it don't aren't going to put their balls out there and play like a fucking man they're not going to last under a sutter and those are usually the better hockey teams man i'm all for new players coaches and stuff total advocate for that but you got to have a good mix of it and i think this i think sutter kind of has got that so far but like i said i've never been coached by him so i'm not that first game back against the oilers like they played a great game against them they shut them down they actually shut down mcdavid and then the next night mcdavid lit him up for yeah, for three goals, but I don't think you can my boys are doing well. <laughs> my boys are doing well. Who's your favorite coach? What's that? Who's your favorite coach other than Ryan Finnery? In that, sorry, Finner, well, tell uh, us about him and then go into your favorite National League coach. Yeah, Finner coached me over in Europe. He's the reason I went to the UK and stuff. And he was mm-hmm. just, it was just different because I was older at the kind of twilight of my career, and he wasn't even that much older than me. And he kind of retired early because he had back issues. But he was kind of a he was a good mix of old school, no bullshit. I don't put up with any bullshit. You better put your nuts on the line because I put my nuts on the line. You you go watch him play some of his old videos. He was a fucking bulldog. Worked his nuts off, fought, hit, did whatever he had to do and played the game. So you respected him and he expected enough. But he also like would give you days off. What do you need? What are the boys doing? Are they tired? Or do you want to take an easy one today? Or do we need to work on this? Or flow practice? Or like give our, give our opinion and get our what the vibe of the boys is, is are they hurting or do they need something extra and mo- old some coaches will just be like fuck you I'll tell you what you need you know and you kind of feel almost like you're just a, a commodity and you don't they don't really care about you personally they just want the most out of you kind of like a 
like we were talking about before with those old school guys that are just ruthless. They don't care. They just care about the bottom line and yeah. they don't care about the people. But you want a good mix of that. But Dallas Eakins was probably one of my favorite coaches over here. He was that good blend of both. He had been there. He had played. He had played in the NHL as a fighter. And fuck, he was no fighter, man. He didn't. He had no business being there fighting. He, he was uh, outmatched against so many guys, fighting tough guys that he didn't need to be fighting. But he's like, I'll just do whatever the fuck it takes to stay and to fill a hole. And then when he coaches, you're like, fuck, I respect that he did that. So you want to work with him. He would bag skate with us. He'd ride the bike after practice and fucking be leaking sweat everywhere. And he'd also talk to you personally. He'd know your wife's name, your kids' names, all that shit. And he was just awesome. And, I mean... That that year that I was at the Leafs, the whole year they were kicking ass on the Marlies, and I was like, oh fuck, they got a wicked team this year, and we didn't make the 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 uh, playoffs on the Leafs, so I went down because I was in the clear day roster to play on the Marlies for the playoffs, and I went down there and I was like, holy fuck, this isn't even a stud team, but these guys are just so well coached, man. But they went all the way to the Calder Cup finals and um, just just he had that team rocking and then I thought he was going to get the the head coaching job of the Leafs when they fired Ron Wilson and it was between him and Randy Carlisle mm. and they hired Randy Carlisle and he's a pretty arrogant fucking dickhead <laughs> who's so old school who will just like I think he was one of the last players to not wear a helmet besides really? McTavish like he's old school he won a Norris though like nothing about his career wasn't awesome but he was just, he didn't give a fuck about you personally, in my opinion. And the guys didn't want to play for him. As soon as he got hired, fucking guys that had played for him before and that heard of him said, fuck me, how do I get out of here? And I'm Shit. like, oh, yeah, that's that that's what you want that going in the lot. locker room yep. right yeah. when you hire a new fucking coach. And exactly. Dallas got pooched on that one. Then he, he went to Edmonton, him. right? Oilers hired him, and I was like, holy fuck, that's exactly what that team needs, all those young kids with no direction, and they need to sort themselves out with all that talent. And he got there, and they told him, all those old school Oilers, old boys club, you know, mm -hmm. that were still hanging mm -hmm. around there, said, still there. This, is how, this is how you're coaching, and this is how this is going down. And they made him be like this hard ass that rode their asses and screamed and yelled and shit. And he told me personally, he's like, they wouldn't let me coach the way I wanted to. I wasn't allowed to do anything, man. My hands were completely tied. And then he got fired, obviously, and he's down. And I was like, that's such bullshit. Every time I hear about guys saying, oh, Dallas Eakins, you played for him. He's a fucking shit coach. All those guys didn't like him. I'm like, he's not, man. They just wouldn't let him. They just they hired him to tell back. him what the fuck to do. It was kind of a shitty situation for him, in my opinion. Hmm. Wow. He loved his bikes, though, though, didn't he? God, did he ever, man. He would ride the bike for, like, like he'd do, like, 50 miles on the bike after practice. It's like, man, I'm not doing that. I got to go home. His I don't hips must just miles. be destroyed. I think he's one of those guys that gets, like, addicted to something. And yeah. he's addicted to, like, working out, addicted to um, biking, I guess. But, Christ, he would get on that thing, and it would just be like... Come on, man. No one sits on that fucker for three hours. You can't expect us to. And then it's unnecessary. He wanted. He wanted. This to, guy's like, got a butthole like, of steel. Oh, <laughs> he must, man. Those guys. I can't sit in one Get place. Dump truck. <laughs> Me and there's this like uh, bike trail basically through Greenville here, and me and Breton and uh, like his friends. They it's like twenty miles, and there's all these. Uh, breweries 
and restaurants like all along this trail. It's called the Swamp Rabbit Trail. It's like that's why they call it the Greenville Swamp, Swamp Rabbits. Rabbits. Eh? Yeah. <laughs> so it's I twenty like it. miles of all the like a fucking marathon length. Goes through all these towns or a couple towns, I think. Anyway, we went on that thing and we went all day long, stopped at three breweries, and my asshole was just destroyed after and i was just like i don't know how like anybody can bite for that, that long truck? like all the time stopping at, and that was stopping, stopping and having beers yeah. <laughs> imagine being on the side of the trans canada with those fucking saddlebags hanging oh off while fucking God. semi trucks blow you off into the ditch sounds fun i always laugh when we're going on golf trips and we're going out to the mountains or some shit and we're just fired up and we're so excited to go play and get on this trip and we're cranking beers or whatever. And then we see on the highway these people like with this guy with his wife and they're in like fucking first gear just <laughs> trying to fucking climb this hill on the transcend. I'm like, how's your fucking weekend going? Like you actually asked to do this? Like you signed up for it voluntarily? It sounds awful. We're going to play golf. I don't know. Different <laughs> strokes, boys. Different strokes. <laughs> <laughs> nah, gee, I caught a door. <laughs> what did I do? <laughs> Whoa, it's okay. Can of corn. Well, well, boys, what are we at now? I don't. I that I was a lot. That was a lot. I think we're at our limit here. Should we? Should we call it there? I think we should. Hour fifteen. We're buzzing. See, that's a late night for G. Jay's got a. It is late the over tomorrow. there, dude. I forgot about the time change. Dude, Thanks the time change fucks me. It sucks to. Can't really talk to anybody back home. It's I'm ready so for late. bed. I, I'm ready for her bed. bed. When I text my girlfriend, it's too late. <laughs> She's got a FaceTime with Matt coming up here soon. She's so uh, with that, let's let's call it there. Yeah. Let's, thanks. Thanks for coming on, Jay Bone. Thanks, boys. Always a pleasure. Always, Great to get uh, the Caldy back together. To have you over. Caldy so, for life. Caldy. Alright. Love that. That's that's a wrap on another off track episode. God bless. Thanks for having thanks for listening to us with your ears. Peace. Come on out and dance. If you get the chance.